I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. go. This meeting is being recorded. Yes, coming to you live from the Bay Area and and fresh off that trip to Cuba. Girl, look, I thought about just dedicating this entire episode to sharing with you, but we'll just have to talk more offline. The gist of it is I am back, probably one of the most memorable trips I have had in a while. I came back holding a lot of love for Cuba and also a lot of the complexity that I anticipated about being an American tourist there. Um, But let me start with how beautiful this landscape is, how beautiful the people are, you know, to be able to walk through the streets and hear people just all outside singing, dancing, just enjoying life. And also, it feels good to not have to feel your race for a couple days. I definitely felt how terrible my Spanish was, but at least for the most part, I was able to blend in. But yeah, we had a we had a really good time. And along with that, just kind of really taking in, you know, the the difficulties of what life is like for Cuban citizens. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that's, of course, influenced by American policies and, and failed diplomacy. But the richness of the culture and like the vibrancy, I felt very grateful to be able to experience that. And also everybody was extremely kind. It's mm. very safe. You could be out in the streets at yep. like, yep. you know, 10, 11 p.m., because, you know, I don't be out that late because I'm old now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I could talk our, about it all day. Our viewers cannot see this glow that's coming <laughs> off of you. But um, yeah. you, you, you got a whole entire glow coming up off of you. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks good on you, sis. Oh, appreciate it. I'm just going to take more vacation. I mean, you, you really should. I mean, yeah. that's what I that's what I, that's the solution that I say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ain't mad at you. I love that. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. So it was a great, it was a great time. It was a good birthday. Uh-huh. 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 Reached my, my next year in my thirties. So. Yeah. Were you physically there during mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I landed Aww. on my birthday. Oh, did you guys like, did you, did you sing happy birthday there? And did you like, yes, did you sing actually. the St- Stevie Wonder version and all that? <laughs> yeah. So my friend actually listened to the episode um, where you admonished me for not having listened to the album. And so she actually downloaded it, like made a Spotify. Yay. And- of homie. Thank you for, for that. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, I just got back from Arizona, not quite as, oh, uh, Arizona. Sex, not as sexy as going to Cuba, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was there for the Association of Chiefs and Leaders in General Internal Medicine. Wow. The, the irony of which is I ain't a chief <laughs> and I ain't leading nobody's <laughs> general medicine division. But yes. um, but you have a, a leadership voice, a lot of folks. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I got to do an opening keynote, you know. Oh, snap. So, you know, I was, I was in that thing, you know, in Arizona in a, in a little ball suite chilling. (laughs) What, uh, what part of Arizona? Scottsdale. Okay. 
Scottsdale. It was beautiful. The weather was beautiful. I had to remember that the desert gets cool at night, but mm-hmm. it was really nice. And I and I got um, some quality time with one of my friends that I haven't seen in a while. She actually trained at UCSF actually before oh, your time. Before your time. Some good people um, coming out of UCSF. <laughs> that's right, Molly Conroy. Shout out to Molly Conroy, Division Chief at University of Utah, mm. um, General Internal Medicine, and um, she was one of the co-chairs of the um, of the conference their winter summit and I got to spend some time with her. So that was awesome. That's dope. And yeah, I wish could, I'm sure that everybody in that audience was very much blessed by hearing a good word from Dr. Manning. So, well, one thing we try to do is we try to show up as ourselves and bring what we have to bring. And I, mm. and I think that's what I did. That's so, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I was actually proud of that moment and I thought it went well. That's dope. Look, you know, there's a lot to be said about coming back from vacation and having to get back (laughs) into the swing of things. But, you know, the one thing that I have been looking forward to is getting back on the mic with Dr. Manning, (laughs) particularly because I knew that she would be telling the story (laughs) on this episode. So, Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I want you to know that and this is no exaggeration. I got a text message two days ago that said, I really love Ashley McMullen. I was like, she is my favorite. I was like, I don't know how to feel about that. I'm on the podcast too. So um, Leslie Miller, Dr. Leslie Miller. Yeah, I'm calling you out. Mm. Um, you know, Ashley, you know, when, we, when we're when we at SGIM, because you want a workshop with me, remember? Don't <laughs> we should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't get you on the workshop with me that we got accepted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you all about that workshop. <laughs> but uh You'll get to meet Dr. Miller then because uh, she is a very big fan. So you should come with a Sharpie so you can be signing autographs. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that that will be the case. It'll only be because of my association with you. But either way, huge thank you to to Dr. Miller. That actually makes me feel very, very good. That's right. That's right. I I have a what for you today. All right, sis, let us know. What is it? The what is almost... Almost. Man, you be making me feel a little self-conscious <laughs> sometimes because you be picking really thought-provoking words. That is not that thought-provoking. I mean, but like almost. Like that's, you know, that's not something I would have thought of as like a potential theme. So Oh, well, good. You know, you know, in, in many different directions. It can. That's what I like about it. It's intriguing. It leaves you like, hmm, where are we going with this? Exactly. When you when you think of the word almost, what was the very first thing that came to your head when I said almost? Mm, like a little bit of trepidation, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I feel like in my mind, it's just like close, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And almost feels like falling short, which I know is like an interesting immediate connotation because there's obviously a lot of positives that can come out of that. But yeah. that's where my mind went. So I'm just being right. honest. No, that's real. Like yeah. um, when, I, when I think of the word almost, I always think of like, a near miss, like something bad that could have happened, you know? Yeah. Like, oh man, I was, if I, I almost went there and, and I would have been there when this happened or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I want I, I want us to be thinking about that word um, in all of its many varied ways we can think about it. Cause it's like sliding doors, right? You, you almost um, have something happen or you almost didn't have something happen. Mm-hmm. What, where your life goes after that, you know, you, you don't, you, you can only just follow what happened, right? So um, I'm gonna go back um, not that far ago, far ago, is that 
Is that right? Language Argo? Yes. Oh, yeah, that works. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, I'm 52. So let me see. I was 49. I was about to approach 50. Okay. And, um, you know, I was coming up on a milestone year. As a person, despite my youthful glow that was born in 1970, 2020 would have been my 50th year. But my 49th year was 2019, and I had no idea we were getting ready to get the whole world shut down by a pandemic. So mm. I had begun in my 49th year trying to think about what I wanted to do for my 50th year. And you know what? I, I am I'm a really fortunate person. I'm a person who grew up, you know, nestled in the love of two amazing parents and three awesome siblings and kind of got to do a lot of things. And no, I'm not a kid who was traveling the whole world, but you know, I've seen a lot of the United States. I've been some good places. I have a really good partner. And as I kept trying to think about what I wanted, I really couldn't think of some really material thing that I wanted really badly, right? I just wanted, but I wanted to do something meaningful and special. And so uh, I decided that I would combine my my milestone with one of my favorite things, which is fundraising, because I love raising money mm. for anything, for, for a worthy cause. But also my other favorite thing, which is Grady Hospital. So in like, uh, I want to say it was probably like July um, of uh, 2019, like I was really thinking early. I went and spoke to some people at the Grady Foundation and told them that I wanted to raise money um, for my 50th birthday. In the six months before my birthday, I wanted to do like a, you know, a six month campaign to try to raise $50,000 for my 50th birthday. And these folks was like, heck yeah, you wanna raise $50,000? Yeah, let's do it. And I was thinking all about the fact that like, hey, you know, all my handles on social media have Grady in it. Everybody knows how much I love Grady. I, I think that people would really support that. And I'd be like, instead of buying me any kind of birthday gift, don't send me no card, donate to this, um, this, this fundraiser. It started getting some momentum. It was feeling good. I was really getting excited about it. We started like, you know, looking at how we would make the website look and all that good stuff. And then the pandemic hit. Mm. I was supposed to roll this out February of 2020. So obviously when it started like stuff was going to be crazy, I ended up just being like, it's irresponsible for me to be like, yo, hey, will you give to this? <laughs> this <laughs> fundraiser while the whole world is falling apart and every <laughs> other day somebody is dying, you know? Yep. So I took the whole idea and said, you know what? I, I give myself credit for almost doing this. Mm. This was a really good idea. And I, I, I really was going to try to do it, but I just decided that this wasn't the time and it wasn't meant to be. And dang, um, and, and with that, you know, I even stopped thinking about what I would do for my birthday. I was like, I don't like there wasn't anything I wanted or anything. I just was like, look, I just want people to be OK. I want to be safe. And um, kind of just went on about my way, put the whole idea to the side, told the Grady Foundation, thank you, but I'm not going to do it. They're like, oh, yeah, we understand. Mm -hmm. And um, my birthday was September 7th, 2020. And um, I happened to be on the hospital service in August of 2020 and um, exactly a month actually before my birthday. It was like the first week of August. And I come on to um, the hospital service. And um, in addition to all of the COVID that we were still seeing, we were starting to see a lot of the socioeconomic aftermath of COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, people were just losing. I mean, mm -hmm. just struggling, like struggling 
I had never discharged more people to self or to the street or to shelters than I did in that month. It was just, and then I started realizing as I was talking to staff, you know, the staff were really struggling too. People who like worked in the cafeteria, got all their hours cut, but didn't lose their job. Mm. And they didn't, they were food insecure and the transporters, it was less transporters and less, less things were open. It was just, people were really on the struggle bus across the board, like the, the, the ambulance folks, everybody, it was just everywhere I went, somebody was telling me, yeah, you know, they cut our hours, security, oh yeah, they cut our hours. Mm. Um, these things that like, I don't really think about that much. Like, I think how much I enjoy seeing the lady in the coffee shop, you know, but if the coffee shop is shut down, you know, what is she doing in that mm. time period, right? Yeah. And the more I worked that week, the more I started feeling like this urgency, like people needed stuff. And then I started thinking about like, what if I just tried to raise whatever I could? What if it is like 30 days before my birthday, I just said like, let me see what I can do. So in my head, I decided, you know, I think I could probably raise about $5,000, which is really a good gift. Yeah. And then I was like, my wildest dream would be what if I raised $20,000? Because the other thing about 2020 was that it was going to be my 20th year as a Grady doctor. Mm. So I was like, man, okay, okay. So I call the foundation back and uh, I tell them, you know, I think I'm going to try to raise some money for this month. Let's change the website. Because remember, we had already drawn up this website mm -hmm. that said it was going to be $50,000. I said, well, let's take that amount off of there. Let's say $5,000 or let's say no amount too small and just leave it, leave no number there. And they're like, okay. So we hang up and I sit there and I feel this overwhelming feeling that that wasn't the right thing to do. Hmm. Like one of these sort of faith moments, you know, I'm, I'm a person of faith. So I just really felt something in my spirit that was saying, you know, to go biblical on you, ye of little faith, why do you doubt? You know, why would you, why would you step this direction, but not step all the way? Mm -hmm. So I called them back and I said, you know what, let's, let's just, let's just go with this $50,000. And I wrote a heartfelt thing out and, um, and, and decided, Hey, and let's, let's allocate the money, um, for people impacted by COVID specifically staff and patients wow. impacted by COVID who are food insecure. And they let me be as specific as I wanted to be. So on, I believe it was August the 8th, 2020 at 11 o'clock at night, we hit send and, and made the thing go live. And I posted it to Facebook and I posted it to Twitter. And then I went to bed because I had to round the next day. When I woke up in the morning, somebody called me and they're like, girl, you, you got like, you had like $10,000. It was eight o'clock in the morning. Mm. Remember I posted this at 11 o'clock at night. And remember now I was about to just try to get to $5,000 in 30 days. It was at $10,000 at like eight in the morning. I was like, wow. Oh my God. So I, I get dressed and I go to work and I, you know, walk the dog and then I, you know, drive into Grady. And when I'm getting out of my car, I take my phone out and look at my phone. It's at $20,000. This is at like 9.30 in the morning. Mm. Hadn't even been 12 hours. I was like, oh my God, 
oh my gosh. So my heart is just like pounding, you know? And one of the things I did do is that I, I told them, you could put people's names, but don't put the amounts that they gave because I want whoever feels in their spirit to give, I don't want them to feel like their amount is too small compared to somebody else. And I rounded and every few moments, my team would like pull up this website. They'd be like, Dr. Manning, it's at $30,000. I get home, I you know do whatever I need to do at home. And at probably about six that evening, I reached $50,000. By 11 o'clock at night, it was at $55,000. And I, I drove up to Grady and when we reached $50,000, I was just like saying, make it, making a little video to say thank you. Um, but all I kept thinking was, well, I almost didn't do this. Mm. I almost talked myself out of this. And I was like, gosh, what is $50,000 going to do for all of these people that I love so much in this hospital who are on a struggle bus? Like, dang. So I almost stopped at that point. But then I went to work the next day and I looked at my phone and it said $65,000. I was like, what in the world is going on? Um, and people just kept giving and giving and mm. giving. And finally, when I reached like the Thursday of the following week, um, I was about, about $200 away from $100,000. Mm. Remember, I was hoping I could do this in six months, $50,000, right? Impulsively, I say on Twitter, hey, thank you to everybody who's been giving. We're almost at $100,000. Wouldn't it be dope if somebody saw this and chose to match it? Mm. Girl, like 24 hours later, I get an email from the foundation and somebody matched it matched it mm. so this idea that i almost abandoned went from never mind to five thousand to maybe twenty thousand to no let me just step out on faith and say fifty thousand we ended up raising like over two hundred thousand dollars and i actually got to meet the people who it impacted Mm. staff it, it worked it, it all went to the food is medicine program in our food pharmacy and um there's a staff member who was like yeah every week i came and picked up a fresh box of food this really helped my family i got to go into the grady food is medicine kitchen they would show me how to prepare stuff she's like girl they gave me a butternut squash one day i was like what am i gonna do with this <laughs> yeah but i bet you my family be eating some butternut squash now <laughs> So I am telling this story more because what is it that you almost aren't doing mm. that you should be doing? What is it that you are patting on the head as an idea that seems so big, but you just feel like silly putting it out there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and the truth is that it's possible that I could have you know raised two thousand dollars and that would have been better than nothing. But it was just sort of this magical, momentous moment where people at a time when they were really struggling gave what they had to give. And it was really cool because later I got a whole roster of who gave. Mm. There were like children on there. Oh. There were like people that I don't really know that well who gave like really significant amounts. Mm. Um, 
it was just so um like wide of an array of people who gave and it got me thinking a lot about just community ash and just what happens when people um just step out on faith and support each other and make supportive herb and just go hard oh, i love that i yeah. i remember vividly because we were wrapping up the black voices in healthcare series as you had put together this campaign which i didn't actually know the backstory until literally just now the first thing that stands out to me is you are definitely the only human being that i know that enjoys fundraising and the other thing that came to mind is just it reminded me of a, another episode where the what i believe was discernment mm-hmm. and talking about you know that moment where you felt in somewhere deep in inside whether it be we call this various names whether it be the spirits or you know some sense of knowing and how many of us come up to that voice that's pushing us to do something but how easy it is to like rationalize not doing it or yeah. like willing it away yeah. and the fact that you listened to that and did not you know put a cap on what you thought you could raise even in that short period of time yeah and- you know what, what one of the things that was dope about that period is and i want to be clear that i was terrified mm. and sort of my motto was do it scared that was my motto wow um, do it scared um and i and i have actually lived by that a few times since do it scared because um you don't want people to th- i didn't i don't want anybody to think that i didn't think i could potentially look stupid doing this or indulgent or all of these things that I just thought of all these words that I used to talk myself out of it but um it's okay to do stuff scared sometimes yeah Yeah. also curious like it sounds like your conversations with the foundation were very um they were very open to how you wanted the money to be spent just something that I don't know I've always worried about that when you give to like a big foundation that you don't have much say in terms of how it's allocated. Well, yeah. what I learned, what I learned, and this is like, you know, the Grady Foundation was like, this is not unique to us. Mm-hmm. People just don't know that. People just don't know. But a lot of, a lot of people who um, are really into philanthropy, um, especially those from generational wealth who just got a whole bunch of money to give, yeah, they can be very specific. That is your, that is your license. Mm. Um, you know what else was really dope too? The 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 uh, person that matched the money asked not to have it made public because they did not want to overshadow what this black woman at Grady Hospital did. Wow. Because it was it was a family that had means. Mm-hmm. They were a family who um came from historic privilege mm. um, in the South. But it was the, the person who, who saw saw my Twitter post and was moved by the tweet to contact the foundation and say, we want to, we want, we'll, we'll, we'll give a hundred thousand dollars. And that, like that in itself, like to me, there were like all these things that like, wow, you know, I didn't really know. I didn't know you could allocate stuff, but turns out you can. Mm. Um, so the, I remember the um, lady at the foundation saying to me, she said, look, if you want your money to go to baby toe wounds and diabetics (laughs) (laughs) this money goes to baby toe wounds for those living with diabetes (laughs) i was like for real yeah girl yeah so um and um as you know the last piece is um a few months ago they um actually named um our uh one of our 
rooms in the food pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kimberly Manning and Friends uh, patient navigator room. And I, I did not want them to put my name on it. And um, it took um, our chief of health equity, uh, Dr. Yolanda Wimberly at Grady, who said, this is bigger than you. Mm. You know, what if our kids come in here and see your name on this one day and think, oh, wow, you know, what can we do with our influence and our co- collective, you know, community and crowdsourcing? What can, what can we do? Mm. Um, so she's like, you need to put your name on this because the people who have their name on stuff, they don't have to be people who come from historic privilege. We can do that too. And if you think they don't crowdsource too, yeah, you got another thing coming. And I was like, wow, oh, all right. So the, the compromise was end friends. I just couldn't put my name on it by myself. Fair. So, okay. Great. Now I feel like I'm included in the naming of the- That's right. That's right. <laughs> I appreciate you. So it's our room. We got yeah. As a friend of Dr. Kimberly Manning, that that room is also named after me. So that's right. That's right. So I don't know. I just think um, I think I hope that somebody hears this and starts reflecting on the almost moments. Yes. Sometimes you almost did the wrong thing, but sometimes you almost do something that could really, really change somebody's life. And I I, I think that that was probably the best birthday I ever had. Mm. Um. Because, you know, to me, I just, this thought of being able to do something for a bunch of people, um, that is just so cool. Like, what, what does it matter if you got a bunch of followers on Twitter, if you ain't using your powers for good, yes. if you're not figuring out how to put somebody on? And, you know, one thing that puts people on is, is some money, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I just don't have a whole bunch of on my own. So... <laughs> It was, it was nice to have a little help from my friends. Yeah. Well, I mean, so much wisdom in the story and particularly, you know, the um, the way that you chose to go about the naming the room afterwards. I also like this idea of time over time. Because mm-hmm. um, one, one thing, you can say a lot of things about me, but one thing you can't say about me is that I have not demonstrated that I love Grady Hospital. Mm. And, and me asking for that money was not my first time saying I love Grady. Wow. People knew I loved Grady. And, um, you know, I, I think that some about something about that authenticity and that people connected to it. And so mm. I like also like thinking of, hey, what what do people connect you to? Mm. What might be something that, you know, as a cause yeah. um, that somebody could like feel strongly about about you. Mm. And as for me, fundraising, what I, what I like is I like achieving goals and I like um, seeing people win. Mm. Um, it's not so much that I like fundraising for fundraising sake. Um, but I will tell you the first time you ever have a, do a big fundraiser and you put a check in somebody's hand who really needs it, like a $30,000 check into the hands of like a, a small nonprofit women's shelter in Atlanta, and, and you say, we want you to have enough money to put somebody at this front desk to answer this phone. Mm. Or we want to give you enough money to buy a van so you can pick up kids after school and bring them to this after school program and pay a driver. That right there, that will get me asking anybody for anything. Mm. Um, so it's not to be first place. It's because I know what it looks like and how it translates to people being able to do meaningful stuff. No, that's real and such an important distinction to make. Um, yeah. 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 Got me thinking about all the things that I've 
almost done, but not quite like submit my interview notes for after these applicant interviews. Low key, I have something to do too. Yeah. Um, am I in a, a little bit old? So I better hurry up before somebody. <laughs> my goal is always for somebody to, uh, for me to get it in before they ask me. Exactly. <laughs> before someone comes after you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but well, sis, um, I'm glad that you decided to take that trip to Cuba. And there are a lot of almost that you've told stories about that were really positive. Like, you know, you almost weren't there for your grandmother. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of almost that did work out. Um, So, you know, we just got to listen and be obedient when the time comes. Excellent. Yeah. And I will say, even just launching this podcast, I had a lot of fear and trepidation about whether or not I should be trying to edit some stuff and, you know, push through. Hallelujah that you did, because uh, <laughs> you know, as y'all hear in the edits, at the, in the credits at the end, the yeah. <laughs> Ashley McMullen for the editing and the production. Oh man, that's our executive producer, wow. straight out of straight out of Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't imagine it any other way. Um, right, sis, well, I know you got um, you know, life things to do today. I ain't trying to put your business out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the dentist, y'all. That's what's happening after this. Okay, that's your business. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell your medical business. That's a different violation. <laughs> yeah. All right, girl. Well, have the very best day. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and The Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam, and especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.